Wendy, I'm home. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Who's your movie? Hey everybody, welcome to another Who's Your Movie? I'm Bill. I'm Zim. And today we are going to give you our top ten Christmas movies. Oh, uh, I know, Bill, I know this is going to be difficult for you because you're not a Christmas movie fan. And <laughs> At first I didn't think I was either until I started going through the movies and I apparently really am. So, all I have to say to that is yo-ho-ho ho, mofo, let's get started. Yeah, so being the holidays, we're going to do this up a little bit more than your normal podcast, so uh, we're going to start off here with uh, a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Uh, if any of you wrestling fans out there familiar with Chris Jericho, this is a little bit of the bubbly, courtesy of Knocking Point Wines, who are not a sponsor no matter how much we would like them to be, but... That'd be kind of cool, though. We're going to try out the champagne of Le Champion. Yes, sir. So, without further ado, let's make sure I don't kill somebody here. Or me. There we go. Look at that. Didn't even foam up. Gotta love it. Like a champion, baby. Like Le Champion. champion. There you go. Nicely done. Oh, uh, pour some of this out here. Oh, yes. Thank you, sir. No problem. Um... So like Bill was saying, you know, this is the Christmas edition of Who, uh, Who's Your Movie Podcast, and we're going to go through a lot of different movies here, and I mean, it's going to be a lot of variations, I'm sure. And just to give you a spoiler right now, folks, I'm more of the untraditional in terms of Christmas movies. So just a spoiler, in my top ten and in, and in my uh, honorable mention se- section, there will be no... Christmas in Connecticut. There will be no Miracle on 34th Street. There will be no It's a Wonderful Life. I was forced to watch all three of those movies when I was a kid every year at Christmas. It's not that they're bad. I just don't want to. I, I can't rate them in my top 10 or 15. <laughs> I can't palate that. Totally understandable. All right. Now I've got a proper vessel for mine. and Well, they're not Christmas cookies, but they're... Chocolate-covered brownie sticks from Red Robin. Oh, nicely done. Well, if I can pop the top off this damn thing with Red Raspberry Ooh. dipping sauce. You're definitely doing it right. So, that that's as holiday spoofed out as I'm getting, folks. Uh, prepare well, for the Grinch. Well, and the fact <laughs> of the matter is here, to, to kind of feed into our mentalities here, Bill does not have a Christmas tree up in, in his place, and neither do I. <laughs> no. I put my box out last year and put Patrick Starr on top of it. I got a plush Patrick Starr. But yeah, that, that was the closest I did. And then this year I didn't even bother taking the box out of the closet. Well, in that in that same breath, I had a tree up last year and then I adopted a dog and he destroyed it. Yeah. So it's still there, but I don't want him to chew it again. Yeah, yours is more of a practical purpose. Mine is just yeah. Grinch anti-holiday. <laughs> Which uh, will speak to some of my choices on the list here. Well, <laughs> without further ado then, why don't you yes. get started here, Bill. Let, Honorable mention. Let's kick this off. We'll, uh, we'll give you a tenth or two, and then cheers. Cheers. Oh my. That is good. Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, if you are still looking for a Christmas gift, I think a little bit of the bubbly.com has some supply left. It's uh, this is some good stuff. Again, yeah. they aren't our sponsor, we just are really enjoying this. Yes, it is. Oh, my, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> but we'll give you 10 through 2, give you uh, some honorable mentions, and then kick it off with our ultimate holiday movie at the end. So yes. stick with us for the ride, but let's kick it off here with number 10. What do you got, Bill? Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> I expected no less. Yeah, so Silent Night, Deadly Night. Pretty much a slasher flick like you would expect. Um, I, I probably don't need to dive too deep into this one, but I like me a, a good old-fashioned horror movie and... Well, this is horror movie mixed with Christmas, so it, it made sense that this would enter my top ten list. Uh, it's not the greatest of horror movies in the world. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush on that one. But as far as horror mixed with Christmas goes, there's not a lot to pick from in the whole genre. So it's working with what I had. It was either going to be that or it was going to be the... Jack Frost with Shannon Elizabeth, which just was a little too cheesy pie for <laughs> for making the top ten. So Silent well, Night, Deadly Night. Ah, uh, see, I can't blame you for that one at all. That's right up your. That's right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> all right, all right. Number ten for me, a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. Interesting, good choice. I mean, I'm more like Bill's the horror fan. I'm more the comedic and fun. You know, not so much. You're not fun, but you know, lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And all in terms of that, and you know, it's just it it scratched every itch for me. I mean, Harold and Kumar first and foremost. Then you got, you know, NPH. You can't go wrong with NPH. And then Danny Trejo on top of that. It's like yeah. And then they did some of it animated. And then you know, you see the part of the movie where you know they, they run into Goldstein and Rosenberg in the restaurant, and we find out that Goldstein's been converted to Catholicism. I mean, that was just great. <laughs> And the baby's on, on on coke, and going nuts. So I mean, yeah, that to me was all the family fun and holiday, you know, fun and hijinks and and what's not to love about it. Yeah, um, I saw this for the first time when it was in a theater when I was down in Indianapolis. So um, yeah, this was. Uh, an interesting one because it was in 3D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I can't say I remember much about the 3D part, so I, I can't really speak to how that was in the theater because I just don't remember. Right. But it was fun. All right. Well, moving on to number nine. Number nine, Batman Returns. Fair enough. <laughs> and that, that is most definitely set at Christmas. Yes, it is. I mean... You have Christopher Walken already, which just automatically makes the movie awesome. Mm-hmm. Arguably the second best Batman. Um, some people will argue first, I will fight them, but uh, that's okay. You can have your opinions with Michael Keaton. Um, but then you have Danny DeVito, who's awesome. And the whole, yeah, the whole uh, setting of the movie being at Christmas made it a perfect choice. Uh, you know, I love me a good comic book movie, and this is a good comic book movie. Absolutely, I mean, it's a good, good choice. <laughs> yeah, you even have like the uh, the little tie-in with the the biblical side of things when you know his plot is to take the firstborns. Yep. You know, it's like you, there's a little subtlety in there too, so you know you can 
That's very cool, yeah. You can even force feed that in there if you want to. So, yeah, look at that. Yeah, What's up? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you make great points on all of it. But, yeah, Batman Returns. That's, that's my number nine. Okay. For me, my number nine, a very little known, but for me, very enjoyable movie, The Ice Harvest. The Ice Harvest, yes. I know you haven't seen it, Bill, and I'll give a quick rundown of it. I mean, Billy Bob Thornton, John Cusack, uh, Randy Quaid. It, basically, what it is, folks, is it's Bill, or excuse me, John Cusack is the attorney for the mafia, who thinks that well, him and Billy Bob Thornton think it's a great idea to rob the mafia who he's representing of two million dollars on Christmas Eve. That always goes well. Oh yeah, what can go wrong? <laughs> and, see, and it's so out of place, though, because I said, Randy Quaid's in this movie. He's the mafia boss. How messed up is that? Wow. But there's so many twists and turns, and there's a lot of comedy involved. And, you know, for those of you who are listening to this that actually have seen the movie, I'm going to finish with this statement. Uh, Wichita Falls, that's Wichita Falls. That's <laughs> basically used very much in the movie. So, that another fun, you know, mobster... You know, twists and turns and comedy. I mean, Oliver Platt's hilarious in this movie. We come to find out that he's good friends with John Cusack. And later on down the line, that he's married to John Cusack's ex-wife, who cheated on John Cusack with Oliver Platt when they were still married. So, I mean, it's another interesting friend dynamic. Yeah. So, I mean, but Oliver Platt, yeah, he's just hysterical through this entire movie. He's pretty much drunk through the entire movie, too. (laughs) So, that is my number nine. Awesome. All right. Moving right on to number eight. Iron Man 3. <laughs> How did I see that coming? <laughs> Iron Man 3. Uh, yeah, I'll probably get some groans on this one. That's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, we're going to get deeper. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I love me a good comic book movie, and Tony Stark's my guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I almost rated this one much higher, but... The Christmas tie is admittedly rather weak. I I know, but I don't care. It's 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 going to qualify for me. And uh, apart from that, the movie is just fantastic. And and you get Guy Pierce, so that again automatically <laughs> makes movies better. Uh, and it was already phenomenal, so we just elevated another level. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and the thing is, like. This is probably the weakest of the three Iron Mans, and it's still awesome. <laughs> so, you know you've got a, a pretty damn good franchise there. I, I just, I, um, I'll pop for listening to Tony Stark, just regular dialogue. I, I don't even need him to do any of the Iron Man stuff. He could just talk to people through the whole movie, and I would, I'd watch it, because um, it's, it's so great and snarky. And, snarky, and <laughs> like he's talking down to everyone, and... <laughs> Yeah, he's, always, he's got that quick wit that yep. just, you, you, you have to, like, process it for a half a second before you laugh because it's just that quick. It's really good. Nice. Very nice. So, um, so, yeah, I won't go too much farther into it, but Iron Man 3. Very nicely done. At number eight for me, the classic, Trading Places. Aha. I didn't think about that one. I, that yeah. one... I didn't, th- I didn't connect that one with Christmas the right way, so that might have made my list. I mean, Dan, you can't go wrong with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Merry New Year! I mean, come on, stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, a classic movie, I don't really have to do too much explanation, because it is a classic. Pretty much, unless you've been living under a rock, everybody knows this movie. Right. So, but I mean, it would have been higher on my list, but my list gets better. 
at least for me. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's your list. Yeah, absolutely. That's the point. Uh, yeah, I just I totally swung and missed on that one. It would have at least been on the honorable mentions, if nothing else. But well, yeah, you mentioned uh, what was the movie that you mentioned that uh, what was number, what was your number nine? Uh, Batman Returns. See, I didn't think about that one. Ah. Same regard. That one, that one's harder because it not only doesn't get a whole lot of airtime on like TVs that I've noticed anyway. I could be wrong and I just miss it, but I don't see it on that. And I don't see it on the streams a whole lot. It like, you know, after what was it, nineteen ninety one or whatever it came out, that kind of like dropped away. Well, it's funny you mentioned that though because it was maybe. A week or two after Thanksgiving, I noticed either it's TBS or TNT, they played all the Batman movies in order. Oh, cool. Yeah. Going from Nicholson all the way through Christian Bale. Very cool. Yeah. That was really nice. And I did watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm sure the ratings dipped when we got to uh, Batman and Robin. <laughs> well, yeah, it was probably non-existent, but oof, that was a little rough, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, anyhow. Yeah, but number eight for me, definitely trading places. Good, Good call. Uh, so my number seven is back to a little bit more tradition here. I picked a Christmas story. Okay. Which is about as typical a Christmas movie as I'm going to get. Maybe one more exception here, but, uh, yeah, I, I dig a Christmas story. I mean, you have the local flavor too, so there's a little bit of hometown pride on that one. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, that's cool, but. Uh, the, the story itself is is fun, and there's a, enough comic relief that it's not all you know touchy feely. Sure. Yeah, it's th- there's enough to laugh at and quotables, and you know all the all the little things. Yeah, like. you'll shoot your eye out. Right. You look like a pink nightmare, and and then you get it the whole story from the perspective of a kid, and it's like you you relate with everything because you were that kid. Well, not you know, only that, but I mean, the person who wrote the movie is the one narrating it, Gene Shepard. Right. So, you know, everybody can relate to Ralphie, and everybody's been Ralphie. Mm-hmm. So, just having that that perspective made that movie so much better than just being just, you know, if, if it had not had that first-person perspective, I don't think it would be anywhere near as good. Right. But... Yep, Christmas story. Love it. Very cool. Uh, for me, number seven, again, going back to the more traditional, and, and this became a, a very quickly a cult classic, Home Alone. Hey, all right. I mean, giving kids bad ideas how to, how to stop uh, villains from coming into their house from for the last 30 years. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's fun. I mean, it, it's bad parenting, obviously, but I mean, it's a fun movie. So, I mean, seeing, you know, Joe Pesci and, uh, get beat the, get his, the hell beat out of him here, there, and everywhere by and this little freaking swear. kid. Yeah, and not swear, <laughs> and be, have it done by Macaulay Culkin of all people. Yeah, uh, absolutely love the movie. Yeah, that's, that's definitely my number seven. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, number six. Mine is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And see, that's another one I, I overlooked. Well, it personifies me except for the ending when he does the face turn. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd have stayed heel through the whole movie and just <laughs> kept all the shit. 
the roast beast would have been mine, damn it. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, the Grinch did his base turns, so everybody got the feel-good ending, and I, I have to overlook that. I mean, I, at least just at the end, so I can just, like, stop at, at the one point and right. be like, hey, cool, this is where the credits should roll. So basically what you're telling our audience here is, like what's quoted in the movie Goodfellas, uh, when he's talking about, uh, oh, what's his name, De Niro's character. And he uh, said, yeah, he, he Jimmy. rooted, yeah, Jimmy. He, Jimmy actually rooted for the bad guys in the movie. Yeah. Uh, this one, for sure. Uh, not not every movie, but in Christmas movies, yes. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> I, I am the Grinch, so <laughs> I will happily include this one. It probably also should be a little higher, but yeah, I, I like my top five just a bit more, too. Well, and the thing is, one thing you gotta remember, folks, I've known this guy over here Pretty much in our entire lives. You've known me all mine, and I've known you most of yours. Exactly. <laughs> I'm slightly older. But, for, with him saying that he's a Grinch, he's truly a good one. He really is. <laughs> okay. Well. You might, not, you might not be in the festive area in terms of the holiday, but yeah. you're, you're not a bad person by any means. No, no. I, I, I don't claim to be, but definitely when it comes to holiday stuff, it yeah, you're not the kind of person that's going to celebrate with a Christmas tree and put the lights up and whatnot. Bah humbug indeed. Well, but you don't have a t-shirt or a hat that says that either, so. That's yeah, true. You just kind of, like, ignore it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I survive it. Yeah. And then we move on. And the amen to that. All right. Number six number for six, you. Number six for me. Again, maybe not a very well-known <laughs> movie, but I love this movie. The Ref. With okay. Dennis, uh, Dennis Leary, Kevin Spacey, uh, Judy Davis. I mean, Dennis Leary by himself will sit there and make you laugh. Oh, sure. And now you turn him into a crook, pulling a, a heist on, I think it was Christmas Eve. Either, yeah, I think it was Christmas Eve. Pulling a heist. And then he, he gets basically, you know, being tracked down by the cops. And he ends up, you know, breaking into Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis's house, taking them hostage, not knowing that his entire family is on their way over there. And he has, and Dennis Leary becomes a therapist. <laughs> and I mean, I won't go all through the whole movie, folks, but there is the funniest scene in this movie. And I actually watched I watched part of this movie last week because I caught it on uh, uh, what's it called, IFC. Okay. Dennis Leary, and he's at his wit's end. It's towards the end of the movie, and there's this. It's a small. It's this is set in a small town, and there's this older guy that dresses up as Santa Claus and goes around to everybody's houses and. Drops off his uh, his, his wife and makes a uh, fruitcake for everybody. So, and everybody invites this guy in. He's such a nice guy. He's, he's acting like Santa Claus. He kind of hits the eggnog kind of hard. <laughs> so, by the time he gets to Kevin Spacey's house, oh, he's loaded. And when they, when Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis and uh, Dennis Leary walk into the living room after he's basically tied up the rest of the family and gagged them in another room. He walks in the room pointing a gun at Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis, and this drunken Santa Claus is standing there. <laughs> and he quickly puts the gun behind his back, and the drunken Santa starts rambling on about how everybody's disrespectful, and then he's like, You had a gun! No, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you did. I saw it. You're that guy. And he charges after him, and Kevin, then Dennis Leary drops him with a punch. I, no matter how many times I've seen this movie, whenever I see that scene, I, I pop. Nice. I love it. So, yeah, number six for me, The Ref. All right. Drink a little bit 
bit more of this bubbly here. God damn, this is good. good. Very good stuff. Oh, mercy. Very good. Uh, All right, number five. Number five, Bad Santa. Oh, okay. Bad Santa. Uh, This one, definitely predominantly Christmas-themed, and I, I have... A lot of fond memories of laughing at this the first time I saw it because I was not prepared for how outrageous it was, mm-hmm. and then it was just right in the wheelhouse for the comedy side of things. So um, I think I only went once in the theater. Surprisingly, this is one that I probably would have seen at least two, three, four times. Yeah. But um, for some reason, I think I only saw this one once, but I've seen it many times since, of course. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Um, it's fantastic. Oh, sure. I mean, for me, Bad Santa, I mean, what guy in, 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 in this world would not want to be having sex with Heather Graham in your, in his car with her screaming, fuck me, Santa, fuck me, Santa, fuck me, Santa? That did it for me right there. I was sold. But, yeah, uh, definitely a good choice, man. Oh, the, the kid, oh, You're, the, the kid reminds me a little bit of Raven in one regard. <laughs> you know, the Chris or the birthday of the one year cakes, cookies, when the kid's always offering sandwiches. <laughs> and the grandma too. Yep. Uh, it's like a tostada. No, yeah. it's not. And he puts the he puts the salsa on. Now it's a tostada. <laughs> so good. Oh man. Yeah, a lot of really quotable and memorable funnies in that one. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I sadly did not find the second one anywhere in the ballpark of as funny. But no, yeah. Oh, well, that I, happens. I still, I still liked it, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was nowhere near because the shock factor was gone now. Yeah, that's probably a good point. That a lot to do with it. Well, I mean, you're prepared for it now. You'd have to go way above and beyond to really shock somebody after the after the first one. Yeah. But, yep, number five, Bad Santa. Number five, for me, folks, I would have normally put this a little, probably in my top three normally, but because television, from the day, either day of Thanksgiving until Christmas itself, you can find this movie on any damn station in the country. I mean, probably the world. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And there's, you're, when we get to my number one, you're going to probably argue that I'm a hypocrite. But there's a difference, and I'll explain that later. But, yeah. I mean, you could turn on the TV now and probably find this movie on. And I'd I, say that's fair. Yeah. And, and I love the movie, but it's been so oversaturated. Yeah, it's like that radio hit that it's really awesome the first time you hear it, but then, like, you hear the 110th time you hear it, like, okay, can you hear the rest of the album? Yeah, right. And it's like, yeah, to me it just got too saturated to the point where maybe five years ago, if I saw it come on TV, oh, okay, I'm excited. I haven't seen this in a while, sure. And now it's like, it's really, it's on again? Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get any any higher in my list than that because of that reason. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that was another one with the, uh, you know, the, the hometown pride. and Right. So there, there's good things about it, but yeah, you don't want to overkill yourself with it either. Sure. But a worthy addition to your list, I would I say. mean, again, all the quotables, you know, shitter's full. You know, <laughs> just stuff like that. I mean, 
it, it makes it a fun watch. It really is a fun watch. Yeah. All right. We moved down. And we're now inside the top, top five. We're now at number four for Bill. Number four. Friday After Next. Okay. Friday After Next. I love the Friday movies. They, they make me laugh. Uh, especially the last two because Mike Epps just makes me roll over laughing. Uh, he is so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, playing Cousin Day Day. It's just this stuff that comes out of his mouth and mm-hmm. his mannerisms and his physical comedy and all that. Jesus, it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this one is another one that's a straight-up Christmas movie. and uh, Terry Crews gets his break here, mm-hmm. which he absolutely deserves because he's freaking phenomenal. He's fucking Terry Crews. Yeah. So, you know, you get to see him play Damon here. and um, Cat Williams doing Money Mike makes me laugh. <laughs> and Moly, the uh, donut shop owner. Giving them whistles instead of actual tools to be security guards. <laughs> you blow the whistle, they'll come. Oh my god, I I could watch this one over and over again. I think I did see this one three times in the theater. This was when I had just started college when it came out. So um, yeah, there were at least two times. I think three where class is over. We shoot on over to the. Um, so I was over near River Oaks. It was just a straight shot up the road there to get there. So, yeah, we'll shoot over and watch a movie after class. And uh, Friday after next. There you go. There it was. I uh, love it. There you go. I'm with you on this one. I love all the all the, uh, the Friday movies. It's just a great series. Yeah. All right. Number four for me. Uh, 80s classic, Bill Murray, Scrooged. Aha, uh-huh. alright. Yeah, I mean, it's your you know typical tale, you know. It's just an updated version of it now. Right. But, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Bill Murray is Bill Murray. You're going to get your, your laughs. You know, Bobcat Goldthwait's in this movie. He fires him early in the movie. And all he's trying to do the rest of the movie is get drunk. And somehow it, it just goes just horribly wrong. Until the end, where Bill Murray rehires him and keeps everyone hostage in the in the in the booth. So mm-hmm. to me, it was just a fun Christmas movie. I mean, you take him back through the years and you know his life and whatnot. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean, yes, it gets a little you know soupy and you know a little sappy at the end, but that's your typical Christmas movie, right? So, but for the most part, I love the movie. It was just a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Well, speaking of taking you back through the years, I'll take you back. Uh... The way I first found out about this movie existing, remember when you would rent VHSs and oh, they yeah. had trailers at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I found out about that one. Was yeah. The trailer package at the beginning of a videotape from Blockbuster. I can't tell you which one, because I don't remember. Not because I don't want to tell you, but um, yeah, that's, that's shooting you back to a time oh, that yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Uh, there is still one blockbuster somewhere. There is. Uh, if they have VHS tapes in there, though, I would be very surprised. Well, if they have a porn room, they probably do. <laughs> oh, man. All right, number three for you there, sir. Home Alone. Oh, there you go. Home Alone. So I was purposely quiet when you brought it up on your list because I knew it was coming. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Home Alone, freaking great. I oh, love yeah. Kevin 
as a smart ass kid. It, the stuff that he says to his family is just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like not getting beat for it because <laughs> you know back in that time you could actually still hit your kids and not you know have the cops show up. Mm-hmm. Um, even though ironically Joe Pesci shows up in a cop uniform. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the stuff that he says and the stuff that he does and. It's one of those where he, he's, like, mature beyond his years, so mm-hmm. watching him, like, do things like go to the store and uh, just setting up the house and, like, it's fun to watch that and thinking, like, this is, like, a nine-year-old. Right. <laughs> Maybe he's a little, I don't remember what his exact age was in the movie, to be honest. But right. Yeah, he, uh, he sets the house up as a giant booby trap for... The guy from Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel Stern. And Daniel Stern, yeah. Uh, and I, when Daniel Stern, he has the tarantula put on him. Best scream mm-hmm. in any movie that I have ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Bar none, my favorite movie scream of all time. Couldn't ag- Suck it, Wilhelm. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Could not agree more. <laughs> I mean, that's like... Get your top off here, some bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Por favor. Got it. But, I mean, the scream is like horror, you know, scared, <laughs> and female all in one. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And then he gets beaten with a crowbar. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can, can't fault you there. Can't fault you there. That's that definitely a fantastic movie. <laughs> Uh, there's some other really good screams in there, too. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's the one that takes the cake. Well, the, Joe Pesci had a good one when he slipped and fell off the porch and went backwards. <laughs> that was a good one, too. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, maybe, maybe one day we'll have enough money we can go buy the house and... Yeah, go check it out. Yeah. No, I mean, like, buy, buy it. it. <laughs> like, and then It's like $2 million, isn't it? Something like that? Yeah, maybe something like that. Might, might even be more now, but... Yeah. Who knows? Never know. Help us out, listeners. Get us there. Get us across the line. We'll uh, we'll set up the house booby trapped, and you can go through it with your own home alone experience. Well, make you sign a waiver though. Yeah, it'll be a uh, maybe sign up for uh, Patreon and make that one of the rewards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. Number three for you. Okay, one you've already mentioned, Bad Santa. I mean, to me. I mean, I don't want to lump the two of them in together because that kind of waters down one. But Bad Santa, like you said, it was the shock factor. Being able to laugh at everything. I mean, Thurman Merman. I mean... John Ritter. Well, John Ritter, yeah. Bernie Mac. Yeah. I mean, like one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when Billy Bob Thornton decides that Thurman needs to learn how to stick up for himself and they get in the ring together. <laughs> and they nut-punch each other. <laughs> and just the way the, the little guy goes down... It's just like... <laughs> that was like a tree falling. Yes, exactly. It was, that was great. Oh, that was awesome. So, yes. <laughs> like I said, we've kind of already gotten into this one, but yeah, definitely, it's my it's my number three. That's Bad Santa. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, before we get to number one, we're going to head down back to our... Well, that's right. We're doing two first. Yes. So, number two for you, Bill. Number two. Gremlins. Okay. Gremlins is very much a holiday Christmas movie, so... Well, Gizmo was a Christmas gift. Yeah, I don't think I'll get any pushback on this one. Um, 
Yeah, love Gremlins. Named my first cat Gizmo. <laughs> he, he, he's my guy. I have a plush Gizmo somewhere around here. He's he's awesome. Nice. I, I would have a Mogwai if they were a real thing. <laughs> I I have things with the rules because they're not entirely you know watertight. Mm-hmm. Don't feed after midnight, but it's always after midnight somewhere. Yeah, it just you know when does that line hit that you can start feeding them again? Right. If it was from like midnight to six a.m., okay. What time zone? Right. <laughs> but you know, it's always after midnight. What are eleven fifty nine p.m. is after midnight? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a very valid point. <laughs> so you know, I have some things, but yeah, I, I get it. Uh, throw it together. It's wasn't exactly meant to be scientifically broken down. I'm sure, <laughs> but I did and. But that's what you do. That's what I do. But I still love the movie. I love Gremlins too, as well. I'll I'll give that a, a shout out. It's not on the the list, and I'm not counting it as a lump together. But I love that one just as much. I think than the the talking elevator in Gremlins too just <laughs> cracks me up. We have an inside joke from Clerks about number thirty seven, but. My number 38 inside joke is from the elevator in Gremlins. And <laughs> when, <laughs> when they've invaded the, the loudspeaker for the automatic elevator, and the, she stops it and they, she asks them to hit the alarm, and it's the Gremlins doing the alarm sound. Like <laughs> That kind of shit just cracks me up. So. Very uh, cool. I love the franchise. They're, they're my guys. Very cool, very cool. Number two. Number two. Again, going back to our last podcast of The Sixth Sense, I said it at the end of that one. I'm going to say it again tonight. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. If you don't agree with me, fight me. Oh, it's a fucking Christmas movie. Not the whole franchise, but number one and number two are definitely Christmas movies. Yeah. Both set on Christmas Eve. I mean, come on. What what doesn't say Christmas like John McClane taking down an entire terrorist faction? (laughs) I mean, come on. That's Christmas right there. Yes, yeah, in Nakatomi Plaza. That's a good old-fashioned, you know, Christmas violence. Yeah, one of the uh, Bob's Burgers that is one of my favorites is when Gene does the Die Hard musical. Nice. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, if you any Bob Burgers fans out there, back me up on this one. Or if you're not, I, I urge you to go check it out because it's... It's a great episode. It's called <laughs> Work Hard or Die Trying Girl is nice. the name of the episode. But fantastic. Cracks me up every time. Die Hard is great. Yes. Die Hard. Uh, this will get its own treatment at some point in our in our run here. Yeah, the individual treatment. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things about this one because it was almost written as they were producing it. <laughs> right. It was almost ad-libbed, yeah. So, we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the what was, what almost wasn't, and what should have been about this one, because there, there's a lot of nuance. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, die, definitely, die Hard is definitely number, my number two. Awesome. So, so uh, we'll take a quick moment here to pay some bills, but after that, we'll come back at you with few honorable mentions before we give you our top Christmas movie. So we'll be right back. 
All right, we're back. Well, before we get started on the honorable mention list here, Bill, I gotta say, I know you're not a Christmas person, but Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I think this new idea you got of having a little bit of a little something to drink and a little treat, I think we should do this every podcast. Next time it's <laughs> my next time next time it's my turn. <laughs> and maybe I'll get you some Jägermeister next time. Oh Lord. See, I won't. Next podcast might not finish, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, but. I won't partake in much of that because I'm not a big Jägermeister fan, but I know you are and you're at home, so you don't do it anywhere. I do. <laughs> so it works. Uh, the Rick and Morty-esque version of Who's Your Movie coming at you. Right. If I could only burp right now. <laughs> All right, why don't you lead us off? All right, so we, uh, we picked five honorable mentions each. We're going to throw them at you here, but... My first one's going to be nice and easy, because my number five honorable mention is Scrooged. Well, we already have to throw it, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, won't beat that one again to death, but, you know, Bill Murray's awesome, so. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you can't go wrong with that movie. It's just, I love the scene where he Bill Murray's all messed up, and he wanders out into the street, and he goes into a homeless shelter, and these homeless folks think he's some big actor. And they want him to do uh, some kind of skit from the movie they thought he was in. Drunkenly, he pulls it off. Yeah. And that was just great. Yeah, it's it's hard to miss with a Bill Murray movie. It mm. can be done, but it's hard. Yeah. And it's usually not his fault if it is a miss. So. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, my, my number five honorable mention on, on the list here would be Office Christmas Party. Oh, alright. 2016 movie... J.T. Miller, Jason Bateman, uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston. I mean, for those of you that haven't seen this movie, J.T. Miller runs a division of his father's company, and he's a lovable character, very endearing to his employees, but he's the biggest idiot in the, on the face of the earth. I mean, he cares more about his fantasy football team than he does his own office, or, or the business, I should say. And, I mean, just so many funny parts in that movie. I mean... One of the coworkers says, "Oh, I can find a DJ," and it's he's the DJ. <laughs> and I mean, and then the whole part of you know Jennifer Aniston coming in because she basically runs the entire company and comes in and tells them, you know, if something big doesn't happen soon, I'm closing your division down. And and, and then she finds out that they're throwing a Christmas party, and she puts the kibosh on that. And JT Miller obviously just says, "Nope, I'm ignoring you. We're doing it anyways, but we're doing it quietly now." And gets the this new client, the prospective client, to come to the party to try to wine him and dine him and gets him stoned and drunk. And, and so he says, oh, yeah, I'll sign with you guys, no problem. And then we find out he got fired from his own company that morning. <sighs> so, yeah, just a fun, fun, fun movie. Uh, good choice, good choice. Thank you. All right, number four honorable mention, Elf. Okay. I had thought about putting it on there myself, but it kind of fell off a little bit for me. But go ahead. Yeah, this is um, yeah another one that's very in-your-face Christmas. Uh, but I like Will Ferrell a lot more than the masses, probably, in most cases. Uh, I find most of what he does just hilarious. So I, I loved this. Um, James Conn... Also, you know, mm-hmm. he just automatically makes movies better, as we've mentioned with a couple people. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> you really can't mess with James Conn. Yeah. It's hard to do so. Uh, but, yeah. Another one where 
a lot of quotables. Uh, it is a little bit more, you know, feely than some of the others, and that's why it's on the honorable mention list rather than the top list. But you know, I have no problem sitting down and watching it if someone wanted to. Right. I mean, that one for me, I've got to kind of has to be in the mood for. Yeah. But it's still a fun movie. I mean, to me, it's, like you said, it's a little more touchy feely. It's it's more geared to the younger kids, younger crowd, but it's still a, a good flick. Yeah. Okay, number four for me. Now, this kind of brings back what I said about Die Hard. Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. If you don't agree, fight me. I agree wholeheartedly. At least the first one is. I mean, and people say, how is it a Christmas movie? At the end of the movie before uh, uh, Gary Busey fights, uh, what's his name? Um, Mel Gibson. Yeah, I forget his character's name. But yeah, when they go to fight, before they go to fight in the front yard of, of Murtaugh's house, they crash through the front of Murtaugh's house and destroy his Christmas tree. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. And they There's made, a Christmas song in the opening credits, isn't it? Yes. We missed that one the other night during trivia. We didn't know what it was, but there is a Christmas song. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, it just... it. To me, it's, it's, it was the start of a franchise that became very iconic. Yeah. And that was a very good movie, and it just kept getting better. I'm going to make it, what, four of them? Yeah, they're talking about a five now. Wow. They're talking about a fifth now. I mean, even the last one, you bring in Chris Rock to the dynamic. <laughs> it makes it even better. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, you brought Joe Pesci in in two and three, you elevated it there, and now you bring in Chris Rock for four. You're just up on the stakes every time you go. So, yeah, that's my number four honorable mention uh, <coughs> Christmas movie, Lethal Weapon. Cool. All right, number three honorable mention for me, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Okay. That one, that one is more for the... The two leads rather than the story, because Steve Martin and John Candy. John Candy are freaking hilarious. Yeah, they were gold together. Absolutely yeah, gold. and just watching the two of them, their dynamic was the most enjoyable. Uh, I, I could, like say, give or take the story. I don't care why they're getting back home. So. Right. And when we've had this conversation previous to now, that technically this is a Thanksgiving movie, but you can classify it as a holiday movie. Right. So, yeah, fewer reasons as such why it's not in the top ten, but it's worth at least mentioning to go and give it a look. I mean, for me, that's the only reason why I hold it out completely is because it's more of the holiday movie thing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you're 100% on the money. Steve Martin, John Candy, comedic gold. So, yeah, absolutely, you know, nice call on that one. All right, number three for me. Uh... Mm-hmm. The 2015 movie, The Night Before. Okay. Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Anthony Mackie. Again, not a very well-known movie, so if you're not familiar with it, Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Anthony Mackie, had 14 years prior to this night, his parents were both killed, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's parents were killed in a car accident on Christmas Eve. And Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie, being his best friends, make it, made it a point to say, you're never going to be alone on Christmas Eve. And they go up and get into a lot of fun hijinks and whatnot. And 
I think the funniest moment of this movie for me was when they go out on the last night, the last Christmas Eve they're going to do, they decided we're, we're done after this year, we got to move on. And they're going to walk out of the, uh, the apartment, and Seth Rogen's wife, who's pregnant and getting ready to give birth, says, oh, I got an early Christmas present for you. He says, well, what is it? Opens it up, and it's a, it's a box with every known drug to man. And that's the coolest wife ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a drug guy, but I mean, just if, you know, if you're, if you're married to someone that used to be like that, and you're pregnant, and she tells him, you've been such a trooper, you put up with me through this entire pregnancy, I want you to have fun. That's the coolest wife ever. So, yeah, it's a fun movie. Again, a lot of hijinks. Anthony Mackie plays this big-time NFL receiver. So that when they come walking out of the apartment, they get in this ridiculously huge Red Bull limousine. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, they put on their ugly Christmas sweaters, and I forgot what Joseph Gordon-Levitt wore, but then Seth Rogen's Christmas sweater had uh, the Star of David on it, mm. the Jewish... And Anthony Mackie's was a black Santa Claus. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's a fun buddy movie. But, unfortunately, at the end, it turns into kind of a rom-com. Yeah. But it's, it's, leading up to that, though, it was a lot of fun. So, that is definitely number three on my list of the honorable mentions. Alright. Um, my second honorable mention is Christmas Vacation. We've mentioned it already. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, pretty much... Don't need to retread anything on it, but uh, fun to watch. They've been kind of done to death now, so. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still one of the lines that I, I love that we, <coughs> we didn't mention earlier was, you know, when Aunt Bethany and, and Uncle Lewis show up and, you know, he's bringing in the gifts and uh, Lewis says, Hey, Grizz, you never guess what I got you. Oh, you didn't have to give me anything. Ah, oh, damn it, Bethany, he guessed it. <laughs> and then very shortly thereafter, you know, you see Beverly D'Angelo saying hi to Aunt Bethany. And he's like, oh, you didn't have to do that. What did I do, break wind? I mean, because she's so out of it. it, it right. It, it's just, that's holiday comedy at its best. And of course, you know, getting the jellies for the bonus and then the rant he does right after oh, it. Iconic. Oh, yeah. That, that, back when... Wave files were a thing that got passed around instead oh. of memes. Oh yeah. <coughs> oh, I have that. I have that wave file still do to this day. <coughs> yeah, that. I mean, that was one of the the Godfathers in the wave trading community. Oh yeah, and I mean, it. it there's so many just great aspects of this. I mean, and the funny <coughs> part was last year, I from my boss at work and. And I was giving out Christmas gifts about this time of year to everybody. And I had gotten my boss a Jack Daniels gift set. And I printed out the, the picture of the scene from uh, Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Where Clark's asking his dad, for how many years, how did you do this? He said, I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels. <laughs> and basically, I... I changed it up for my boss by saying, how do you put up all, all this crap at work? And it tails off to, I, I, I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels. And he loved it. So, I mean, and he caught, he caught it. So Nice. So, yeah, very good call. Very good call. Uh, number two for me, uh, Fred Claus. Okay. Vince Vaughn, Paul Giamatti. I mean, to me, it's, it, it, yeah, it's one of those heartfelt movies, but Kevin Spacey is 
such a great asshole in this movie. Until he does the face turn at the end. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, it's just a lot of great comedy there. And, you know, Vince Vaughn is a con man, and he gets arrested, and his brother Santa Claus and bails him out of jail on the, in, on the contingent that he comes up and works for him until until Christmas. And he causes so many hijinks and problems, you know, at the North Pole, and uh, fun, fun movie. All right, good, good, good choice. Uh, yeah, Vince Vaughn is another one. It's generally a good comedy movie behind him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no matter. Usually, I've like said with Steve Martin and John Candy, it, the story doesn't really matter. He just makes it that funny. Yeah. All right, my first honorable mention. We've already discussed it. Lethal Weapon. Yes, sir. Yeah, so fully on board with that as a Christmas movie. Mr. Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. Got Gary Busey, so. Search Gary Busey! <laughs> ah! Still the best Amazon commercial. <laughs> of all time, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you don't watch Impractical Jokers, but there was one episode where there one of the Jokers is sitting there interviewing a random person about what they liked about New York City, and in the backdrop, it's like a, a like a one-way mirror. Uh-huh. But they, they can turn it off and on. And there's this one scene where one of the guys is, is standing in a lab coat, and he, he's got this green liquid, like, you know, basically from uh, the Hulk. And he drinks it down, and then the, it, it goes cloudy, the screen goes cloudy, and they're trying to make each other laugh. And then when it comes back, it's Gary Busey in all in, in green and just going nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's just he's he's so great. He's crazy, but he's great. Love it. Also, uh, since we've mentioned National Lampoon a few times, if you are a fan of Lethal Weapon and you haven't seen National Lampoon's Loader Weapon One, go do so because, good lord, that's probably the best spoof movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I, in I a agree. landslide, right. Sam Jackson, Emilio Estevez, and all, a lot of it is taking stuff from Lethal Weapon. There's some other, actually, right. like Basic Instinct and stuff, too. But, oh my god, it's so funny. Please, please yeah. go see it if you haven't. Uh, it can't make this list because it's definitely not Christmas. It's just a Lethal Weapon It's spoof. just a funny, funny, funny spoof movie, yeah. But, yeah. Alrighty. My number one honorable mention, Christmas with the Cranks. Okay. Tim Allen, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, it's kind of it starts off kind of like you know, like kind of like a movie you'd like. Their only daughter goes away to the Peace Corps, and they think we got no kids in the house. Why don't we save money this year, boycott Christmas, and take a big cruise? Oh yeah. And they have this all set up, and they're tanning, and Tim Allen gets Botox, and and I mean, watching him eat after he got Botox was hilarious. <laughs> uh huh. And then, like the like Christmas Eve, Christmas Christmas Eve morning, their daughter calls and says, "I'm coming home for Christmas." So now they're scrambling. They try to put Christmas together because they didn't do anything for Christmas. And Tim Allen starts pouting and saying, "No, we're going on the cruise because she she's coming home with her new fiance. Let them have the house. We'll go on our cruise." And Jamie Lee Curtis says, "No, we're going to be here. She's coming home for for Christmas. We're going to be here." He starts sulking. He's got a Bad relationship with his neighbor across the street, and the bad, bad neighbor's wife has cancer, and he ends up going, you know, all tender on Christmas Eve, and walks over to their house and says, "Here, you take our trip." 
So, I mean, like I said, kind of heartfelt, but a fun movie, a funny movie, because, I mean, everybody, I mean, Dan Aykroyd's in this movie, and he's like the overlord of the, neighbor, of the neighborhood. So when they're completely boycotting Christmas, he's basically threatening them the entire time to do shit. And he just, they don't do it. So, but it all turns well in the end. I mean, she, you know you got a pretty good movie when you had Cheech Marin as a cop. <laughs> well, him and Jake Busey actually are the cops. So, yeah, that was my number one honorable mention. Fun, fun movie. All right. So, it's that time. Time to reveal our top Christmas movie. At least for 2019. Absolutely. Uh, So, my number one. We've already done it. Drum roll, please. You probably already know. I already know. And then most of you probably can already guess, judging by the rest of my list, but... It is Die Hard. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> the guy from Moonlighting becomes an action star. Nice reference. I like that. Uh, that's the guy from Moonlighting. I was forced <laughs> to watch that show as a kid by my mother because she wanted to watch it. But yeah, whatever. and that's kind of how everybody kind of thought about it when they first heard Bruce Willis is going to star in this thing. And the guy from Moonlighting? And the world changed forever. Yeah. For the good. Now you can't not think of him as an action star and, and a badass. Especially our younger crowd because they're like, what's Moonlighting? Right, exactly. So, I mean, he, that transformed his entire career. His his persona, even. Like oh, yeah. His, his perception in the community. Like I say, he went from that guy in that cheesy show to... Now, hardcore, badass action guy who would kill you with just looking at you. I mean, hell, he took down an entire terrorist faction without wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And Alan Rickman is a, a, a lost gem now, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. But, I just, uh, I just he's remember, a gem. Yeah, I, that just reminds me of the family guy when, when they played his, his uh, answering machine recording recorded message. Yes. Alan Rickman. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's, it was a tough decision for me, but yeah, that's why I had it in my top two. I mean, it's right yeah. there. So, good call. Very, very good call. And my number one, you already said it tonight, this had a little bit more impact on me because I actually lived in the city that it was it was based on a Christmas story. Yes. I mean, where Ralphie lived and, and grew up was maybe five minutes from where I grew up. I mean, they have an homage to it every year called PD Villain. It's all these lit up houses, even though it's not the actual house, but the, the actual house from the movie is actually in Ohio. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the city of Hammond, that's where Gene Shepard's from. There is actually a community center in Hammond named after him. Every year around the holidays, the visitor center in Hammond has a Christmas story exhibit every single year. I mean, in the beginning of the movie, when you know Ralphie and his friends were looking in the, in the department store windows, he refers to it as the town as downtown Homan. It is Homan Avenue. It's what it's based on, but it's actually Hammond. So, I mean, so many tie-ins for so many local landmarks for me. And going back to what I said about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and this, the difference for me is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is on every single day. Right. Granted, a Christmas story is on for 24 hours continuously, but leading up until that day, you generally don't see it. So that's why... If I, you know, if I'm at my, you know, Christmas Eve at my aunt's house, you know, for a little bit, and I watch a little bit, that's fine. And then after I leave here Christmas Eve, after we smoke our cigar. Yes. 
you know, I go home and I'll maybe wrap up a couple of presents and I'll sit and watch it then. And then I go over to mom's the next day to, you know, to have dinner and exchange gifts. I'll watch it again then because it's on and I will do it every year. So that's the difference for me. Yeah, and the way that they set that up too with the 24 hours, it, it just works because you have so much going on on Christmas Day that you know, typically a lot of people don't have time to sit and watch a whole movie. So you can catch part of it here. Open presents, have breakfast or whatever, go over to relative A's house, catch a little bit more of it. Then go and have lunch wherever it is you need to go, catch a little bit more. Then it's Christmas dinner time. You finish that up and then afterwards, you know, you finish up what you hadn't seen. You know, you have that opportunity to see the whole movie and you don't have to sit through the whole thing right. in one sitting. And the cool part too, to, to playing to that point is the fact that, you know, you watch a little bit here and there... Sometimes that you know you can't watch the entire movie in bits and pieces, but it gets it whets your appetite. Mm-hmm. But when you're finally done with the day, you can go home and actually watch it yeah. all the way through. So I mean that's kind of what I, how I feel about it, and that's where the, for me the difference lies. So I'm not a hypocrite because any given day of the week between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I can find a Christmas vacation. I have to wait for one day for a Christmas story. Right. Yep. So that was my big one. I mean. I love the what they did this year out the outside of the actual home that they filmed the movie from. They put up like a twenty foot tall Ralphie in the in the uh, rabbit costume, inflatable. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. A big pink nightmare. Yes, love it. Yes, uh, and then you know we got introduced to Christmas tur- uh, Christmas duck. Yes. Ra 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 ra. I'd be all right with Christmas duck. I like duck. Yeah, duck is good, as long as it's made well. Yeah, yeah, it's like anything. If you make it bad, then it's gonna be bad for sure. the most part. But I mean, yeah, I mean, again, just such an iconic movie. And again, going back to what I st- started saying in the beginning of this, I'm not saying Miracle on 34th Street's bad. I'm not saying Christmas in Connecticut's bad. I'm not saying It's a Wonderful Life is bad. It just, I was, ew, I was tainted because back when I was younger. Christmas Eve was always spent at my grandparents' house, and then by the time we got home, it was bedtime when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So on Christmas Eve every year, because we, we had it in my grandparents' basement. At that time, this is a much different time when I was like seven, six, seven, eight years old. This is in the 80s, folks. Not everybody had three, four, five TVs. No. I mean, my grandparents had two, and we weren't allowed upstairs on Christmas Eve because my grandfather played Santa Claus, and he got all the stuff up from upstairs. We weren't allowed up there. Yeah. So we had one TV in the basement, and all they, we were forced to watch a Christmas story every year on Christmas Eve. We were forced to. And then on Christmas Day, my grandparents would come over to our house, and all. And my grandmother was the one that you know we had maybe two TVs, but one of them was small in, in our bed in my bedroom. And but I wasn't allowed to go to my bedroom on Christmas Day because this was a family thing. So my grandma, being the matriarch of the family, I'm going to watch what I want to watch. And that was A Miracle on 34th Street, and that was Christmas in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So I was forced to watch this from the time I was like six, seven, eight years old until I was 15, probably. So it just burnt me out and to the point where I would just intentionally try to take a nap on the couch to sleep through it. And who, what kid wants to do that on Christmas Day when you have toys to play with? Yeah, right. So it got to be a real bummer. That's why it didn't make my list. Yep, totally understandable. So... All right. Yeah. I think that does it for us. So, 
I think that means it's time to for check your, the machine of randomness. Yes, time for your phone to deliver us a Christmas present. And to see what podcast we will be doing next. Alright. So, what is next? Major League. Oh, I love it. To start off the new year. Starting off the new year with a good old baseball movie. How American does that get? Well, and here Bill and I got good news tonight because we're both White Sox fans, and the White Sox signed Dallas Keuchel tonight, so it made us happy. Yes, cautiously happy. Because the last time I got happy was when we got James Shields. And that went down the hill really quick. And the time before that when I got happy is when we signed Adam Dunn. <laughs> and I still say he hit 40 home runs, but he, that, he had 40 hits and all of them were home runs. Exactly. But uh, And he had about 270 strikeouts to go with uh, 40 homers. Yeah. So do, I do have another question with this. Are we doing the series? Yeah, I think we need to do the series, man. All right, I'm worried with that. Because there's parts of all three that just need some love. Oh, the first one, I mean, it's the classic, you know, you got it you got Charlie Sheen, you got, you know, uh uh what's his name? Um uh Wesley Snipes and you got uh Tom Berenger. I mean, so you got the classic cast right there. So, I mean, for me that's great. And then you go to two and you, you know, from the first one you had Serrano, and now you have a different Serrano. And you got Tanaka now. Rube Baker. And Rube Baker. And then the third one, you get Serrano and Tanaka and Rube back. And you're introduced to some more characters. And, I mean, oh, yeah. it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's, this is going to be a lot of fun. That was our Christmas present from the Machine of, uh, of Randomness, yes. Yes, thank you, Machine of Randomness. Uh, I got something decent here. Forget the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. And we will. That'll be the way we start next year and next decade. Absolutely. Think about that one. Yes, sir. <laughs> but for now, it's time we let everybody get back to their holiday shenanigans. We'll do the same. Happy holidays, folks. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Drop us a line at who's your movie uh, uh, at gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget Boxing Day in Canada. I believe that's the 26th, yeah? I think so, yeah. All right. Happy Boxing Day to all our Canadian folks out there. Cool, cool. And to you, sir, it's been a fun year so far. Absolutely happy. Finish it off strong, and we'll catch you on the... On the flip side. The flip side of the decade. Yes. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, my friend. All right. Until next time, guys, we'll see you. Thanks for listening. Yo, ho, ho, mofos. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus, you're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel.